0: What happens when ASR does a show about the Fringe and needs to test out our new equipment?
1: Again, I'm not warmed up, but that's okay. (laughs) We're leaving Ernie Pyle Hall.
2: What's more dangerous, texting and driving or recording and driving? We get in
0: our cars and drive to the fringes of Bloomington. Mike's rolling.
3: With no plans.
0: And no expectations.
4: You are lost. (laughs) Turn around. We went to the north,
0: south, east, and west edges of Bloomington to see what we'd find
4: yeah, you just suddenly feel like you shifted in time and space. I'm Joe Weber. I'm Taylor Haggerty. I'm Casey Ross. I'm
0: Sarah Panfil. and I'm Matt Bloom. And if you stay with us, you'll hear what we found on an afternoon in Bloomington.
1: What you want me to be what you want me can never see what you want me to see but I think.
5: Broadcasting from WIUX LP Bloomington, welcome to American Student Radio. We're your hosts, Abby Gibson and Nyssa Cruz. Today, we're taking
6: you to The Fringe. You'll be hearing stories about people, things, or ideas that are somehow on the edge. This includes stories from the geographic edge of Bloomington and the fringes of our culture.
5: Stay tuned and enjoy the show. From Mm Bloomington. from, uh, live, live, what is it?
6: Oh, Ready? Should I do it again?
0: From Indiana University in Bloomington.
6: From Indiana University in Bloomington.
0: This is... This is... This is American Student Radio.
7: Real chill. Real chill. Aliens, conspiracy, journalism, and lesbians.
5: In our first story this week, a team of ASR producers led by Matt Bloom went to the fringes of Bloomington.
6: Our producers got into their cars and drove to the north, south, south, east, and west edges of Bloomington. Here is the first of two parts explaining what they found.
4: I've um I've never actually driven while while recording so we're gonna see how this goes um whoo okay so task number one I'm gonna pull out my phone and we're gonna figure out where the hell I'm going also I feel like I'm in the car with someone but I'm just talking to myself whoo okay
2: so we're currently on seventh street getting closer Still pretty much at the heart of campus right now. Lots of students. It is a beautiful Friday, April 1st. But what we're doing today is no joke.
4: So, I'm going to look at Google Maps. Right now, we're kind of in the heart of Bloomington, I think. I mean, maybe not the heart, the heart. We're on 4th Street and Walnut. Uh, I mean, when you get down Walnut, you reach like the Fountain Square Mall and that area. And I mean, I'm looking at my maps on my phone, and it's like if we just drove down Walnut, what would happen okay i last night though I saw something kind of interesting. I was looking at you know where Bloomington stops being Bloomington, and wants me drinking coffee um I kinda wanna just drive down this one road called Bloomfield Road because I think it leads to an airport. <laughs> And I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't know there was, like, a tiny airport down there. And I also have conveniently set it up as to where I'm going to need to pee at some point. And maybe when I stop to pee, I'll run into somebody.
2: You know, this is good for me because these last four years have just gone by so fast. And <coughs> when you come to IU, the, the orientation leaders will give you that... Um, little IU bucket list check off sheet and everything from, you know, from seeing a basketball game to going in the quarry, uh, which by the way, you can't do anymore because my friends got a ticket. Um, but at, at first, you think like, you know, you check off a couple in your, you know, first week of school and then all of a sudden four years have gone by and you're about to graduate. But I'm glad I'm here now. Okay, returning down. To a little side road I mean
0: we made There are no plans to this So anything could
8: happen we're working on this project for American Student Radio Where we go To the fringes of the Bloomington community In all four cardinal directions We Casey and Taylor are assigned to south We'll be driving down Walnut Street Matt is Which way is Matt? Is Matt north? No, he wanted to go west. Oh, Matt wants to and go west. Just yeah, like the Sarah's frontiers going. of old.
0: I don't want to, I'm not looking for something weird. I think I'm just looking for, I'm just looking for someone to talk to, you know?
2: Just someone to talk to. I have to say, if something goes wrong, or something embarrassing happens to me, for some reason it's more com- it's more comforting to uh, to have a microphone with you. Because then you know, at least someone in the future, if anyone listens, might actually um, empathize with you, feel your pain, feel my pain.
8: Okay, we look. Oh, oh drive-in in there. drive in theater! Starlight drive in there. theater!
9: Oh my oh. gosh, it's closed
8: though! Well, we're
9: here for a I'm sorry, old man.
10: Oh, that I'm would have doing... been so cool! Are you serious?
9: That would have been so cool! I think I remember hearing
8: about this when it was closing down. It was like a big deal. But now there's a giant sign that says no, no trespassing, trespassing. So we're not going to trespass. Not for the
9: name of journalism.
8: I mean, sometimes for the name of journalism. <laughs> but not for the name of a fringe story for American Student Radio. This is
4: so cool. This is
2: awesome. I just passed a cop and I'm wearing giant headphones. I don't know if that's legal or not. Or if they saw me. But I hope they don't turn around.
4: There's um, a siren going off. One interesting thing about this looking for the fringe or seeking out the fringes. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what qualifies as fringe. I mean, here's like a basketball, a small basketball court, an outdoor court. Like, I I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen this hunter school or, I mean, really, have I driven this way before? No. There's a church. Uh, I mean, this is still really nice, really Bloomington, really close to home, but, um, it's still, I still, I usually stay in my, on my route, I guess. I stay in my apartment or I go to class. I don't necessarily drive out this way if I don't need to. What is this? Post office? Oh, that's
8: oh. such a tiny little post office. We should see if they can, can we talk to them about yeah. what kind of business they get? Oh. We uh, may have just found a story. Oh, sorry, so we gotta turn around, we we gotta turn around and park. Around post office. That is the cutest. It's like it's this one room post office. It's so cute. We're try and right here. Oh, and this has a tree house. That treehouse does not look sound at all.
9: Oh. <laughs> we are in Harrodsburg technically, but that
8: is Well, you know on the fringe. I don't think anyone would say that this is not fringe. Yeah, we are.
9: I'm yielding. Thank
8: you. Oh, look. 4th Street though. (laughs) Yeah, we're on 4th Street. Let me turn. Okay. The post office is tucked in between two other little buildings. One, I believe, is a house. I'm not quite sure what the other one is. There are three parking spots, one of which is overgrown by grass. (laughs) (laughs)
9: This guy's coming too.
8: Oh, someone else is going to the post office. We may get a transaction. <gasps> How exciting. You ready? Absolutely. You ready? So we are headed for the Harrodsburg post office.
9: <laughs> we are from American Student Radio. And we're, doing a, we're just driving around doing stories, looking okay. for stories. Okay. So this is a post office?
6: This is the post office. This,
4: this is, is the, the post office, post office
6: I've ever seen. it is and it's um if i said it was compact that would be an understatement <laughs> uh laura Hansen is the post ma- mistress whatever oh here okay. and uh she's probably in here okay so i would suggest you come in and talk to her because if i said to you embedded in the community she i mean everybody comes in and calls her laura and talks to her oh. and stuff so
8: It's so cute. Um, She's on the phone, so we'll just wait.
3: Oh, hello. Um, My name's Taylor, and this is my friend Casey, and we're uh, reporters with American Student Radio in Bloomington. We were wondering if we could talk to you.
8: She said not right now. That's
4: okay. That's fine. We're just looking at, you guys have like the smallest post office ever, and I love it.
8: Actually, you know. they aren't <laughs> the smallest. Okay,
4: that's
6: fine.
8: Mean, yeah. She tried okay. to think of one that was smaller, I'm to think but she agreed with us after a minute. Now maybe you're right. It is
9: the smallest here. Yeah, yeah. Do you serve <laughs> a lot of people.
8: They serve a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Cool. She wanted to say she was okay. sorry, and I'll she's well, just really busy you. today.
4: It's okay. No, you're fine. Really busy. You're fine. Yeah. We're just kind of we could come back on a around.
8: Wednesday we'll or a Friday, Tuesday
3: when Friday, she wasn't Friday, as busy. This
8: is
4: so cool and small. But so. she's the only one who
8: works
3: there. Yeah, so well, thank you for okay. your time anyway. If, you come back, if we came back, she'd show us all sorts of fun stuff. On a Wednesday, <laughs> then I'm not so busy. Okay, that's okay. So, but. Wonderful. It's a Friday. It's yeah. a busy day. Yeah. Are you
9: the only person that work like does this, or are there other people that come in? Uh, no, I'm the only one because we're only. Old. Okay.
3: Oh, awesome. All
9: right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
2: I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> it's okay. No, you're totally fine. <laughs> We're just
9: kind of walking around. No, thank we you. We
3: may stop by again at some point.
9: Like yeah. Like you suggested,
8: because it'd be fun. Bye. Yeah. Thank oh, you very yeah. much.
10: I
9: can show
8: you all sorts of stuff. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much.
9: You. Have a good day.
8: Thank Me you. Too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, we don't get it today, but we could get it in the future. Oh,
9: that was a cool little. We could still use it in our.
8: I was so disappointed when I she know. said no. I kept on trying, and she kept on shutting it Well, I don't know that we actually got her on record at yeah. all because she was so quiet. She was. Okay, so the post office opens, and That's it's not like, bar. that is not your car. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor
9: just tried to get into the wrong car.
8: I did. There are only like two cars out here, and I went to the wrong one because I don't know Casey's car very well. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But we could. Totally still So, out that NRP. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um maybe as like a teaser to a future story. Yeah. You could even do that for WFIU maybe. That'd be cool.
9: Because I feel like they get WFIU out here. Oh, let's go. Yeah. That was run right
8: by one person. Yeah, that so we just found a one-person post office. They're only open for half a day. We would have done an interview, but yeah. she said she was too busy today and maybe come back on a Tuesday or a Wednesday when she's much less busy. Which is hopeful for the future. <coughs> um So, it's this cute little one-room thing. It's divided in half. The front half is where you would go if you're a customer. And then the back half is sort of her office. And it was crammed full of stuff. Mm -hmm. There were so many packages and everything. Like... Imagine trying to take an apartment's worth of things and pack it into a bedroom worth of space.
9: It's like that show on like HGTV where it's like the tiny homes. where they're Oh, like, yeah. yeah. It was so tiny. And there's P.O. boxes in there. There's everything. It was so cool.
8: So we're going to have to come back there and check that out it, sure. in the future. I wish she'd been able to talk to us, but unfortunately not so.
6: keep listening to the show for the second half of that story. Now, though, we transition to the fringes of a new season, not spring, Aries season. Aries season is the first of 12 sun signs in the year-long cycle known as astrology. You might know your sun sign. I'm an Aquarius. And I'm a Gemini. Student Andrea Silvernell offers advice
5: and guidance on how to navigate Aries season and beyond. Emily Eckelbarger has the story.
10: I'm a Pisces, but that's about all I know for my individual horoscope. I've never really been into astrology beyond the casual Google search. For some people, though, like Andrea Silvernell, astrology is a very serious topic. For Andrea, astrology is a way to understand people, but it's also a form of guidance in her life. Here's Andrea.
11: I would learn my friend's signs and just, like, you know, go to Barnes & Noble and things like that and get, like, those little books that are, like, for sun signs, but I didn't really know that there was more to it until a few years ago like I thought it was just sun signs I didn't know about like natal charts birth charts and like all these other aspects that are a part of it it was just so fascinating to me can you give me a quick overview over of you know all the
10: elements of astrology like sun signs but also all the stuff you were talking about
11: yeah so okay we have the sun sign which is like whenever someone asks you like hey what's your sign that's the one that you say that's the one that's based on just your birthday like your month and day Um, And there are 12 of those, and it starts with Aries, ends with Pisces. So, like, Aries is the child, Pisces is, like, the elder, if you will. Um, And then there's your moon sign, which uh, you can also learn that if you just have your birthday and, like, year. But um, that's kind of, like, the way you think. That's, like, your inside, if you will, and your sun sign is, like, your overall being. And then you have a third one that I think is really important. It's the ascendant or the rising sign. They're synonyms. Um, And that's kind of your personality. So, like, the three mesh together are why, like, some Pisces will be different from other Pisces. Because, like, they manifest differently depending on the rest of it. But there's also things called houses. There's, like, your planets can be in different, like, trajectories. And it's just, like, a very complicated equation that ends up with a personality some people think that yeah the planets are totally controlling us other people think like i don't know they just kind of made our personality they're not gonna like choose everything that happens for us and then there are people that are more like me i guess who are sort of in the middle what do you think astrology gives people or what do people
10: take away from astrology
11: it's it's not a religion i'm not saying that but it has the same effects as a religion i think and that it gives people hope and an explanation i have plenty of friends who like don't believe in it and they see me and like some other friends who are like way too into it maybe but i think it's totally fine as long as you treat the people who have an interest in it with respect like you know, I'm not going to say that you're an idiot for not believing in it. So why are you calling me an idiot for believing in it? You know, I just think that as long as like, as it's like, good for them, not for me, as long as we keep that mentality of just like, I'm not into it, but they are. And that's totally fine. Then I don't mind.
10: If you were looking for guidance on your horoscope, look no further. Andrea's got you covered.
11: I'm very excited because It's Aries, so this is the beginning. And I feel like I've noticed that a lot of people are trying to start new ventures, but that are really positive for them. I feel like Aries is always the time that people try to start new romances and things like that. But like sometimes it's more like just like, oh, like sexual things, like not very emotional. I feel like more people want solid relationships. They want more like practical, positive, progressive projects for themselves. And like they're trying to just better their themselves and just like be happier and more balanced and so i'm just really excited for aries season because that's all going to be starting and like unfolding as we go we've been in like this whole wanting for balance since september and i think it's going to stay this way until about uh early august or something so like all summer it's just going to be like us trying to improve ourselves i guess my advice is just kind of like aries are very fiery they're the child sign, so try to think before you act or speak because Aries can be a little uh immature (laughs) but figure out what's good for you figure out what you need in your life and what you want and try to balance those and just like you know be there for others but always put yourself ahead
10: feel like march was kind of an emotional roller coaster well astrology might have
11: an answer for that too Because we ended Pisces season, just so everyone knows, like, it's going to be okay, (laughs) because Pisces season is very, like, emotionally turbulent, I feel like, because, like, the beginning of March, because that's Pisces season, is always so dark, and then the end of it, it's like, it feels like spring, you know, it's hopeful, so just, like, it's going to be okay, (laughs) like, you can make it through.
10: For American Student Radio, I'm Emily Echelparker.
5: Dorm life at IU comes with well-known cultural stereotypes. Collins Living Learning Center is the only campus residence hall with an enduring reputation for being fringe. Our producer, Catherine De La Rosa, lives there, and our other producer, Emily Miles, does not.
6: But what happens to fringe culture when it's a conscious effort by a community? From the heart of Collins, here's Catherine and Emily.
9: So, here we are in the the coffee coffee house, house. table nearest to the Cheshire Cafe entrance. And we can hear that espresso, we can hear that milk being steamed. You live in Collins. Yes, I live in Collins. And I live in Wright, but I spend all of my time in Collins. Collins is hella old. I believe that... The oldest building here was built in
7: 1930 or 1928, Mm -hmm. and it used to be the Men's Residence Center. And at some point, I think the Navy or the Marines or someone lived here, like during World War II. We have a history that I don't think, I don't know anything about right.
9: I don't know much about Wright. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Wright. I'm never there. See, I care way much more about Colin. This is a lear-
7: living learning center, so incoming freshmen have to take an eight-week course called Q class, and a week of that curriculum is dedicated to Colin's history. I don't know anything about Greek life, but in that way, you are joining something that has a legacy and a history. You're becoming a part of something bigger.
9: And so in that way, there's this sort of feeling of like those who belong here those who live here, like those who fit in with the culture, and then those who don't belong here, which is ironic. The stereotype of the Collins kid is he or she or they who do not belong, the fringe people. And I live here, and I thought
7: I would be a part of this culture, but I'm not for a number of reasons. And I think a big one is actually race, because mm-hmm. I'm Filipino American. And when you join Collins, one of the first things you do is sign a diversity statement but we're mostly white. It's very white here, and it's not much different from the way I've always felt. I'm still other, even in this place that's meant to be for people who are outside the mainstream. I continue to be outside this, this smaller sort of mainstream. The true Collinsites are the ones who invest time here. So they like go to council meetings for like arts council. They participate, they, they put time into here, because I participate in other things. Like, I go outside of Collins to find community.
9: I, on the other hand, am trying to, like, spend all of my time here, right? But I don't even live here. I see these same people here every night. These people you're talking about who are so involved. I feel like I'm a part of it, but only as an observer. I get caught up in this idea that, like, I'm a Collins kid, too. But, like, I know I'm not. Because they see me around just like I see them around. But they don't know who I am. I'm not a part of it. I'm, I'm just, like, a fly on the wall. In
7: high school and middle school, I knew that I didn't belong there okay, I'm gay, went to Catholic school and I'm Filipino, went to Catholic school with a bunch of white kids from West Kentucky so, looking at, just looking at a group of girls, I knew that I didn't belong there, so I sought subculture, counterculture to differentiate myself to make up for like, a lack of belonging to them Uh I wanted to create something else that I felt I could belong to
10: Totally Totally
7: and I guess I never grew out of that. But then you come here, and we're all that same type of person who who didn't belong to a bigger culture. We're not actually all the same.
9: Maybe no one's the same here. I think it's the shared experience, mm-hmm. like the shared history kind of, though separate, connected. It's like
7: you've spent the first 18 years of your life kind of reveling in being so different, and then you sign up to live in a place where everyone else feels that way and then you know if everyone feels the same way it's not different anymore. Just because of my strange demographics, I think I am more French than most people here.
9: Yeah.
7: So I still don't feel comfortable. Cause like I can name exactly one <laughs> black person who loves it here. Everyone else is white and very straight.
4: Or
9: white and a little gay. <laughs> Just
7: because i'm so different from everyone else here i am fringe however my fringeness is more based on like a more concrete identity i know there are other people like me here well i know there's plenty of queer people i think it is homogenous it's it's homogenous it's it's white you know that's that's the mainstream culture that you can't get rid of I guess we will all be friends. Like, no matter how big or small a group of people is, that you will be different from them in some way. But there is a culture you join and are a part of here in Collins, if you are willing. And I guess I'm not. Like, it's not that I want want or don't want to be.
9: Mm-hmm.
7: I, I'm just not, and I, I accept that. No matter what space you enter, you will be a minority or a majority. Like, it all depends It's just the mission statement, and everything about Collins that's a stereotype or a commonly held belief by the residents makes it seem like it wouldn't be, like, homogenous, or at the very least, like, have a sense of majority culture, but it does, because that's inherent to any population,
9: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Collins is stereotypically a place of eccentric, strange people. People on the fringe. It is a fringe fest. And while this is a safe and inclusive place, there are just realities of population dynamics that will always create minorities and majorities. The
7: minority will always be fringe. Like, even here. Even here where they every year they make a huge diversity statement with covered in signatures. Signatures are mostly white people. For American Student Radio in Bloomington, I'm Catherine Delarosa. And I'm Emily Miles.
4: Thanks for listening to
12: American Student Radio. We broadcast from WIUX 99.1 FM in Bloomington every Sunday at noon. So far on this show, we've shared a variety of edgy and alternative stories. So this week, we asked our producers how they define and are part of the fringe.
8: When I think of fringe, I automatically think of
3: like on the ends of like scarves or blankets, like the cloth thing that's there. So like that sort of visual is applied to people, like they're sort of connected to something, but they're their own Strands that sort of break off.
7: Whatever society defines as you or existing outside of that. Fringe makes me think of that TV show that is like The X-Files except newer and not as good.
12: Our producers said that the Fringe isn't specific. It's just made up of any kind of niche group, and we have all fallen into it at some point in our lives
1: at one point uh, for about
7: a year and a half to two years in high school like early high school I was like an angry atheist like I went to conferences I started a secular student alliance
4: because of the way that the world operates now with the internet uh, it's there aren't many people who are truly alone or truly on the fringe anymore because there's always going to be someone else who feels the same way or likes the same things as you and so it's a lot easier to find a group find a collective to be part of and now
6: back to the show in the second part of our story from the edge of bloomington our producer matt meets a songwriter joe talks to dog owners at a dog park and the rest of the team reflects on what it means to search for stories on the fringe
0: I'm getting out of the car. Oh, it's windy. A little far from the cemetery, but oh well. I literally, I look insane walking down the street right now with the microphone. Oh, I didn't bring my phone. Oh, that's fine.
2: Maybe. Let's try. Okay, Ferguson Park. Okay. It's a dog park. I've never heard of Ferguson Dog Park. Which means I should investigate further. I feel like the
0: biggest creeper right now. Like, I'm literally creeping on a cemetery. How creepy can you be? How creepy... I've reached a new level of creepiness. How do you get
2: into the cemetery? There's this huge wall around it. Nice. Yeah. Do you guys come out here a lot? I never knew this place even existed.
11: Um, I've only been here one other time. You but you're
1: you're you right? said you come here a lot, right?
4: Oh, this is actually the second time we've been oh, here. Oh, ours too. <laughs> yeah, because well, we've only had him for two months, so. <gasps> oh, look <at>
2: the <laughs> Which one is yours?
9: Mine is the German Shepherd. Hers is the other one. Yeah.
2: Damn. Sorry. What are you guys' names? I'm Joe.
11: Uh, Ashley. Ashley. Danielle. Danielle. Elizabeth.
2: Elizabeth. Nice to meet you. Oh. Uh, Hi. Was,
11: uh, sorry. I'm the owner of that thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
9: hey. Hi, buddy. Hey, buddy. You just didn't like the harness on, huh? So hey, go ahead, yeah. get muddy. You gotta get a bath anyway.
2: What oh. grade are you guys? Uh,
9: Senior. Senior. Sophomore. Senior.
2: Uh, cool. Junior.
1: Right.
2: Ish. Uh, I graduated in <laughs> December. Hello, boy. You're so beautiful. So, uh, I'm, like, I'm a senior
6: but I don't graduate in May. Get out of the puddle, Samson. You're not gonna chase the ball, so Sam! I don't what you want from you don't lay in that.
2: Do you guys all live together or how do you know each other?
11: We're in the same major. Ooh, ooh, no. <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah, we did a summer internship together and we've just been We're
11: friends really since really
2: then. Cool. Do you guys come out to like this area a lot, like Griffey Lake? I come guys- to
11: Griffey like once a week.
2: And do you know what that building is over there? Have you the been one that says I love you, Mom. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I'm really really curious what well, that took is.
11: A of it. Oh, Samson! Samson! Here. You get to every time we come here. You get you find the dog that has the most drool and then
9: you just decide to wipe their face with your butt. Yeah, Sammy. <laughs> he just likes it.
0: He? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, so this is gonna sound really weird, but American Studio Radio is doing this thing, where each of us goes one direction, and we go and we just find a story. <laughs> <Are you serious? laughs> I'm so serious. And I thought I saw a guy like working on a gravestone over there, and I went over and he there was nobody there, so I just chose to leave. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny.
2: Honestly,
0: you just came out <laughs> of nowhere from, from that, that wall.
1: Quit on. <clears throat> okay. Todos buscan algo que no pueden encontrar Y no sé por qué continúan buscar Decidí que hay solo una cosa para quedar. Se llena agujeras en la vida Con sonrisas falsas y cosas vacías No me desilusioné No pienso de una manera que relacione See, that's when I need to think about how I'm singing it, because that sounds weird. No piance a day, una I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. No piance. <laughs> By the way, that, that means um, don't disillusion me. I don't f- think in a way that relates. Yeah. It's just kind of as a weird translation. <clears throat> or do, don't disappoint me. No me desilusione, no pienses de una manera que racione. I'll figure that out later. Y yo no puedo ser la persona que quieres, que quieres. yo no puedo ser la persona que quieres, que quieres. No se.
8: So-
13: <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: Much funnier when I'm with someone. You know?
0: It's, it, I mean, it, it's just interesting because like this is the stuff you do when you're by yourself.
1: Yes. Oh, I do the weirdest things when I'm by myself. You should have seen me earlier, literally
0: right before. I mean, you're by yourself. You're walking down the street with no shoes on.
1: Yes. And actually, right before that, I was <laughs> trying to make a funny Vine. <laughs> I don't think I have it, but okay. Do you hear this?
5: Look how funny that is. <laughs>
1: anyway, so I was gonna make a singing vine of me being like dragon tails, dragon tails, yeah like trying way too hard. <laughs> but I just I just don't um have that skill to not look stupid on
4: vine yet. Somewhere down here. Oh there's a flea market. Okay, wait. <laughs> Okay, wait, I wanna know what's in the flea market. Okay, I'm turning. (laughs) Ooh, now I'm in Plastic Surgery Associates of Southern Indiana. Damn it, why am I getting myself into this? I don't know if this flea market's gonna be interesting whatsoever, but. And I don't know how they're gonna react to me having a recorder. Hi, would it be okay if I recorded in here? I'm just working on like a school project. Ask him? (laughs) Ask him, (laughs) okay. Yeah, (laughs) because. He's uh, more important than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you seem very important. You're also behind a counter, so. <laughs> hey, is it okay to record in here?
0: Why wouldn't it be?
4: I don't know. Just wanted to make, <laughs> just that <thought> i <I'd> check.
2: <laughs> sure. Could you what tell me? What are you me, recording?
4: Um, just myself exploring Bloomington. It's just a school project. Okay, cool. Would you tell me a little bit about this place? Could you? Why
2: don't you ask a question? <laughs>
4: Sure. Um, how long have you worked here?
2: Uh, about a year.
4: Um, and do you know how long this space has existed?
2: Uh, I think it'll be four years in June.
4: Okay, so it's relatively new. Um, do we have many flea markets in Bloomington?
2: We have, um, a lot of them call themselves antique malls. <laughs> so it's where that line is between antique shoppies and, and flea markets.
4: Do you guys get a lot of traction in here? Like a lot of do a lot of people come in on a daily basis? Yes. Do you see mostly students or just Bloomingtonians?
2: Uh, it's a mix. Okay. Thanks. Sure.
1: Actually, you want to hear um one of my favorite songs I've you ever written? Okay. So, one of my favorite songs I ever wrote was called um don't call me baby," And it started out with a song about, a, a part about macaroni and cheese. And actually, my favorite songs that I sing are silly ones, but those just aren't the ones that get on iTunes, you know? Uh, <laughs> maybe one day.
0: <laughs> maybe one day.
1: <laughs> so it goes like this. I don't know if you would use this, but it goes like this: We were sitting in my kitchen, and it was dinner time. na. We were eating macaroni, and everything was fine. and i'll never i don't really remember the tune but i'll never forget what you said to me with your big fat mouth all full of cheese you said baby can you pass a napkin please and i said don't call me baby i don't need my diaper changed i never would have married you if i'd known you were this deranged no don't call me baby i'm not toothless fat or bald so find somebody else to make your macaroni cause you don't respect me at all. <laughs> oh, don't call me baby. It's obvious that you are going crazy. Yeah, that's where
0: did the idea come from for that?
1: Um, honestly, I was talking to this guy and I was saying how if we ever date, he's not allowed to call me things like that because I just think it's super weird. <laughs> Baby, yeah, actually, babe is okay. I guess I've never really done that, but baby, so much effort—like it's two whole syllables. I feel like
9: we did get a little bit of a story of just how different
8: this outside of Bloomington. Yeah, I feel like we did cover the fringes of Bloomington quite well. We we canvassed all of southern.
2: You know, it's just so easy to get selfish and very closed in on you know your immediate responsibility responsibilities and duties. You know, even more so. In adult life than in college but you know even now just doing this today I think it's just you feel more grounded yet a little more open to just to what's around you which is really cool
6: next piece, our producer, Shrada interviews an IU student, Dree, about going into teaching. Dre grew up in an area where the school-to-prison pipeline is a real concern, and she wants to keep her future students from ending up on the fringe of education and incarceration.
14: I have this student. His name is Josh. I love him to death. But he is basically a grown man. He's in 8th grade, I think he's like 16, has a whole child, and basically the deal is Wait, he's if 16? he doesn't get his grades together and come to school regularly, he's going back to
13: jail. Josh's situation may surprise you, but it may shock some people more to know that the story actually isn't uncommon. Josh's story is a result of what is known as the school-to-prison pipeline. The school-to-prison pipeline is created by a combination of practices that fails vulnerable, at-risk students in schools and typically pushes them into prison systems. Things like insufficient resources and harsh disciplinary practices in general fail students' educational needs and leads to disinterest from students, leaving them on the fringes of going to school or going to prison. Because of strict education regimes like the No Child Left Behind Act, some schools in the past have also even encouraged young students to drop out in order to meet national standards.
14: It's more in the theoretical phase, but it's something that I learned about in class. And from my understanding, it's just the setup Of the institution of school in america essentially because i don't know how prevalent it is around the world but especially in america for urban students students in lower ses groups students of black and latino descent uh, if they're getting certain grades if they're perceived a certain way in school the way their education and discipline strategies are set up are basically fast tracking them to prison and it hints at a lot of other kind of issues with the setup of american education in general. From the like industrialization of it with like the bells and being in a factory to the um very, the like orderly desks and the there's a lot of different factors that once school became industrialized it was easier to lend itself towards that prison site and um one of the most disturbing facts that I've ever heard like in my life I'll never get over this is the fact that they determine how many cells they're going to build in a prison based on second grade boys math scores black boys math scores
13: dree claims to have a theoretical understanding of the school to prison pipeline but in actuality she's being pretty modest adriana rivera is a senior at iu who was recognized as a well scholar upon coming here and has lived in the urban city of east chicago her entire life
14: east chicago indiana is in the northwest indiana region or the region as it's known and it's really different from the rest of indiana because it is so industrial our main um kind of export is steel. We're about 30 miles away from downtown Chicago and so with our proximity to that there's a lot of similarities in the good things and the bad things about Chicago and about um being so close to an urban area. So um my community is about 30,000 people and um we have a history of gang violence and other crime though it is on the mend but that kind of tends to be our um Our main thing that's going on and you know i've known people that have been shot and killed over this neighborhood stuff and um as far as like every other day you might hear about someone that you went to high school with or someone's cousin getting locked up for some sort of um, violent incident that i can almost guarantee came back to some sort of neighborhood affiliation that they got a little bit too adamant about
13: her path into education wasn't one that she was initially set on from the very beginning Instead, it was a decision that was influenced by one particular memory in her life.
14: Sophomore year of high school, um, everything kind of changed for me because I had a friend, his name was Jesus Alvarez, and I sat next to him in Spanish class. And, you know, really good kid, really smart, really motivated, hilarious. And, um, you know, he was from the other side of town, so I didn't really know him um, in elementary or middle school, but then we hung out in Spanish. And then one weekend, I get this text message that's like, pray for the alvarez family you know rest in peace jesus always be our angel and i'm like okay it's gotta be a joke um but it wasn't and it turns out that at his 18th birthday party he was there um with his cousin who was affiliated with a gang one of those like neighborhood things jesus wasn't but everyone in his family basically was and um His cousin got, like, sick at the party from drinking too much, so he took him outside to, like, get some air, and there was a drive-by shooting, and they were aiming for the cousin, but Jesus got caught in the crossfire, and he passed away. Um, So that just, like, rocked my world, and I'm like, what, how could this happen, you know, to a kid like Jesus, who had dreams, who had goals, who was, you know, trying to do the right thing, and then my heart started aching for the kid that shot him. Because it was a kid too. Like we found out years later exactly who it was. You know, it was one of my friends' brothers and like we all we all knew who it was and it it but my heart ached for them in that who failed them that they felt like this was a lifestyle that they had to pursue. That that was their only other option that, you know, they had to be that person and that took someone's life on their eighteenth birthday. Like no one wants to be that person growing up. But for some reason Someone taught them that that was an acceptable lifestyle, that that was a necessary lifestyle to survive in this environment. I wanted to know who failed them, who were their teachers from kindergarten through middle school and high school, because who, I, I think he had dropped out by then, who let him say that was okay? And so right then and there, I decided like, you know what, teachers have a lot of opportunity. We get to be with kids for eight hours a day. We get access to them in ways that nobody else does. And so I was like, I had planned on, I was gonna go to Harvard, I was gonna leave, and I wasn't gonna come back. I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I was gonna leave and I was never gonna come back. And I kind of got shaken down to my core and I was like, you know what? How am I gonna waste all the potential and opportunity that I know is in me when it's very necessary here?
13: Some people may be intimidated by the odds, but certainly not Dree. As a senior in the School of Education, Dree is completing her second semester as a student teacher in English at Joseph Block Middle School in East Chicago. The Block Middle School for its 2015 to 2016 school year is 66% black, 33% Hispanic or multiracial, and less than 0.05% white. About 90% of the 300 students are on free or reduced price meals.
14: A lot of my kids have like correctional officers or officers that will come and check on them along with like social workers and stuff and so even in eighth grade this is a very strong reality for them it's very it's either school or prison like they don't have a lot of other rehabilitative choices which kind of blows my mind and so somehow they got to that point whether it's through their music through the parents and the lack thereof or the influence of their friends in their neighborhoods like that it's narrowed them down to those two choices they're, they're so conscious of the stuff that's going around them, and, but again, they do, they, they feel like, since it's what they've always seen, they don't have a lot of outside experiences to kind of round that out, and to make them question that, they, they've never had to, at least in eighth grade, Josh, so I have Josh in first and second hour, so it goes from 8.05 to 9.52, and this kid normally rolls in about 9.15, or a good little chunk of second hour, and um, he's always missing his work, Josh, i need you to do your work i need you to come on time and so i've been doing this thing where like if kids want to spend some one-on-one time i'll buy the mcdonald's we'll have lunch we'll talk about life whatever and so he's noticed, and he was like i want some mcdonald's i said well i need you to give me if we're about to get mcdonald's i need you to give me something and he was like if i come on time will you buy me food i said you need to be in that classroom before 805 so today 803 Strolls up, no book bag, no paper, no pencil, but he said, "Miss Rivera, what time is it? I said, it's 8.03, man. You made it. He went and took his seat happily in class and was in there the whole time. So, small victory. Just a little <laughs> bit of a pride, but I'll take it. So, I owe, I owe him some. I down get back from spring break.
13: Do you, like, have any, like, last bits of advice um, or, like, calls to action for, like, young educators or just, like, people who aren't in the education system? Like, what they can do yeah. to, like... Um, play a role in stopping this pipeline.
14: Right, right. Um, I think something that keeps the pipeline going strong and what holds it together actually are stereotypes, and our perceptions of young Black and Latino men, you know? So for people who are outside of the education system, just everyone has to come to that point to think about and kind of do some identity work in that, okay, what are the first things that come to mind when I hear young Black male? When I hear young Latino male, what are your perceptions of them? How do you treat them when you see them on the street? Because even those little things are adding to that, are making, when you treat them negatively, when you lock your doors, when they walk by you, when you cross the street, when you just assume that if a a crime has happened, that they are the perpetrator, even those assumptions, that's adding fuel to the fire that's making them think that that is their only choice, that that is their destiny. But the most important technique, it's not even a technique, it's kind of just an attitude, is to love them. Like, there are some days when I want to I wanna knock them out. And I'll tell them, too. But um, just kind of having that familial relationship with them and being concerned of them. And when they do start acting up, instead of coming at them like, you're dumb and you're acting crazy right now. You need to come at them in a way that's like, I know that you're better than this, so I don't understand why you're acting like that. And my cooperating teacher, I think she just wrote on um, one of Josh's assignments, she was like, You turned something in, I'm so proud of you Which is like should have been doing it all along, but you know, he hasn't. And so we celebrate those things and I'm gonna celebrate the fact that he came to school on time and to to not give up on them and to work from a place of love and that's gonna make a really big difference. And when I think about when I think about the pipeline, I think of the, the water rushing through the pipeline. But if you put the pressure of love on those kids And of trying to let them see another way, I just imagine it just, like, bursting. And I know this is really naive of me because it is kind of new for me to get into this experience. It's not going to save everybody. That's something that you have to recognize and that I'm struggling with. Because even at the end of the day, I still got kids that got Fs. I still got kids that go home and gangbang. And I don't know if they're going to graduate high school. I don't. Some of them aren't. But you have to realize you can't save everybody and not let that get to you. Do what you can. Operate in the spaces that you can. Always come from a place of love, advocacy, and cultural awareness.
13: Special thanks to Alex Acosta and Jackson Gandor for all of their help in producing this piece. And a huge thank you to Dree for interviewing and for just for doing what she does. She constantly continues to inspire me and so many other people every single day.
5: So, I really wanted to go visit Boxcar Books because I have never been before. And I was in the newsroom, and I was asking around to see if anyone wanted to go with me, and I couldn't find anyone there, but someone asked me if it would be okay if he gave me one of his friends' numbers, so I said, all right, so... Basically, on Friday, I met with a stranger to go explore boxcar books, and boxcar is kind of cool because it has a reputation for having literature which can be considered a part of Calderon culture, culture and a lot of different kinds of zines that you might not normally find in a lot of other places. And so, here's what happened. Boxcar Books is right next to the Runcible Spoon. I've walked past it a lot before, but I never actually walked in.
12: It looks like it's a house, am I right? Um, and there's, there's some signs up on the front. There's a, there are a few banners hanging from the front porch. Um, there's a little sign about, it says Boxcar Books with like flowered letters above the door. That's
5: Noah.
12: Hi, uh, I'm Noah Balsam. I'm a freshman student at Indiana University. and This is my first time going to Boxcar Books.
5: <laughs> we hadn't met before just then, standing in front of Boxcar Neither of us had been there. We wanted to see a little piece of Bloomington that is at once quintessentially Bloomington and often overlooked by a lot of students. So, we went in. Alright, you ready? Yes. Yeah. Alright, where should we start?
12: Um, I mean, I think this is a good spot. It looks like okay. kind of like the front room. Alright. Walking around.
5: I knew going in that boxcar has a lot of so called alternative literature, books. so I was hoping to see something completely unexpected or at least learn something new.
12: Yeah, this just seems like a really hodgepodgy, like independent yeah. type collection of books.
5: Like, if you were to say, like if you were to assign a thesis statement to the store, what would it be?
12: Boxcar Books is is a fantastic bookstore. For, oh, let me let me think back to sophomore year of high school when I okay, had to learn how to okay. construct a thesis statement. There was like the big three parts of my argument. So Boxcar Books is huh, a, a kitschy <laughs> collection of books for three reasons. And it's that <laughs> there are lots of colors here. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't really seem to be a rhyme or reason to which books are in here other than like their categories. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and then it's in a college town, so it's pretty typical of what <laughs> what you might expect to see. It seems pretty, pretty artsy.
5: Boxcar is a space where ideas that are maybe considered out of the norm can have their own place. <laughs> where something that's usually fringed can perhaps be not so. And being in that space felt like an opportunity. Like I checked some of my preconceived notions at the door. I felt more open. So, like... Looks like local poetry.
12: That's that's really cool. Something that I never really experienced was a focus on local, mm-hmm. locally based anything. Like i had yeah. never I'd never really thought about that until I was in Bloomington, and it's all of a sudden. Hey, there's a house show with a yeah. local band, like and a local God. this and a local that. And there's farm, and all the food here is locally yeah. sourced, and everything. I've, I just I feel like there's a big emphasis on local stuff in Bloomington, which is really cool. But they have a section for local artists.
5: Okay, let's see what else is there.
12: Feminisms in Motion. This is cool.
5: So it looks like articles and maybe a little bit of some photography, poetry.
12: hmm. Huh. This is kind of cool. There's an mm-hmm. article on trans pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've never devoted much thought to that.
5: I mean, have you seen anything here that you wouldn't have necessarily thought about, but now that you're here, kind of thought-provoking or anything like that?
12: Yeah, well, both of these things that I just picked up, like, mm-hmm. a, Feminism's in Motion from Makeshift magazine. I'd never I'd never thought about a feminist mm-hmm. magazine, um, but I know that there are, like, feminist publications. I'm sure there has to be. I went to go see, like, a feminist poetry reading last right. night. Um, and then, you know, that article in Rad Dad, the transformation issue. Um, about trans pregnancy. I had never ever thought about that, so that's kind of surprising, a little eye-opening.
5: But then I also thought, isn't that like the internet? A space where voices can ideally have equal opportunity to be heard? When we left, I asked Noah about it. Do you think the internet's kind of replacing like bookstores like this? Like places where you can go to, or places that will publish what you want to be said? I mean, you can do it for free online. Do you think that boxcar books can survive
12: that is a really good question um i i mean i guess so because i didn't realize that there were bookstores like this until today when i went in with Mm -hmm. you so yeah i don't know asking me as an individual you might i might say that yeah it might not survive um but it's cool and i hope it will
5: (laughs) so thanks so much to noah for going to boxcar with me on a friday afternoon and thanks to boxcar for allowing us to record in bloomington this is american student radio
12: interesting i'd like to take some time to actually read
5: yeah. Those yeah 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 so that's all from fringe if you liked what you heard or missed part of the show you can listen to all the pieces from today plus bonus content on our soundcloud at
6: soundcloud.com slash american-student-radio tune in next sunday at noon to hear host chris mawson bring you stories about wannabes for american student radio i'm nissa cruz and i'm abby gibson thanks for listening
3: Thanks for listening to American Student Radio. We're produced by students from Indiana University in Bloomington. Follow us on Twitter at ASR Voice and like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash American Student Radio. Our theme music is provided by Lunamatic. Check out Lunamatic's music at www.soundcloud.com Lunamatic. That's L-U-N-A-M-A-T-I-C. We'll have new episodes every Sunday on WIUX and streaming on our website at www.americanstudentradio.org.